You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Kevo hanging out on this Wednesday morning in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. Jake Martin continues to be on Daddy Lee. Kevo, out of the bullpen once again, doing a fabulous job. Uh, we continue to play your little game, Kevo. What's it called? Would you rather? Do you like it when I call it your little game? I do like that. <laughs> I do like that. I'm I'm happy with. It. I've got a good one here. Okay. I'm really excited about this and watch you. This one won't be any work for you. It's gonna. I'm overplaying it now. Okay. All right. Who would you rather Dramatic have? Dramatic pause. There, I know. Man. Who would you rather have for a teammate? All right. Lonzo Ball? No. Or Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> oh, wow. uh, I say no. I, it would have been Lonzo Ball, yeah. I, I think he probably just gets a bad rap because of his dad. Because of his father. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would give him a pass. Okay. Kaepernick, I just feel, feel like you bring him in. It's just there's so much that other stuff that then you have to deal I'm with. I'm so torn on both of them. It's the bigger, just, the bigger, if if you had to have your locker next to would you rather have it next to Kaepernick oof. or would you have it next to Ball? I think it, that's a no-brainer. It would be Ball. But it looks yeah. like we won't have to worry about Kaepernick. No, maybe. we uh, yeah. so. uh, maybe not Ball either, who knows. Yeah. Okay, final question. Would you rather be Robert Ory? Several rings, yeah. not very yeah, or, or Charles Barkley. Oh, you know, or he's not really remembered as this great, you know, playing. But then Barkley, but as 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 Shaq said the other day, Google me, <laughs> Google me, Chup. I I understand where you're going with this question. Yeah, but you still are going with uh, Charles Barkley, a Hall of Famer too. Maybe yeah. if you would have took a guy that was a notch or two below Barkley's status, right. and then also where Barkley, where we. And he's got this platform now, and that comes into it. But if you're just looking on credentials alone, a player that, of course, was one of the game's best but didn't mm-hmm. win a championship. Right. But I'm always going to say Charles Barkley just because, yeah. you know, huge Chuck fan. Right. But, him, he's the Dan Marino of basketball. Yes. That's what he is. Yeah. yeah. It'd, bar- it'd be Barkley, no brain. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd say the same Robert Ory, though, just what he did and, and the number of rings. And, I know. It. And, and, you know <laughs> just, obviously, he got on some great teams, but also he was a key contributor, too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he was just uh, carrying the bat. Yeah, he wasn't sitting on the bench. Yeah. You know, I mean, he never started a game. Right, right. But it was an interesting question. I read somebody asked one day, and I was like, i got to use this one. So you literally agreed with every single one of mine? That's scary. Mm, yeah, the Kaepernick-Lonzo uh, Ball thing, I'm on the fence. But for the most part, yeah, I mean – Braves fan since I was – Dale Murphy was my hero. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. – uh, I watched the Braves when they had Murphy and Bob Horner and yeah. Chris Chambliss and Rafael Ramirez. And Do you remember uh, Al Roboski was one yeah. of their relief pitchers, the mad Hungarian? Yes. So I've been a Braves fan my entire life. So you chose the Braves over the Cubs. Absolutely right. It was TBS, WGN. That's what was on when you wanted to watch baseball. So I went with uh, Skip Carey instead of Harry Carey yeah. and mm. went with the Braves. Yes, sir. Fun game. Yeah. We'll try it again. Uh, defensive line coach uh, Pete Jenkins, you want to talk about a guy that's got a resume. Oh, he is known literally as what a, a defensive lineman's guru. 
the number of coaches that you hear and, and talk about him, and then, of course, players that have gone and, of course, heard from him and, and got some expertise. I mean, he goes back, and he's got a good relationship, a great relationship with, of course, our guys Jeff Guerrero and them. And, you know, I kept hearing about Pete Jenkins and, you know, mm-hmm. whether they're taking uh, you know, Barkevius down there and others. And now, of course, he's worked with uh, Richard Lawrence. Uh, just the respect that this man uh, gets from those players and, of course, coaches. He's known throughout the business. Uh, Sean Fox had an opportunity to catch up with him yesterday, and we wanted to share a portion of that interview with you because Pete Jenkins uh, did a lot of great things for LSU. Of it course. was awesome. He's now not with them. He's kind of retired and kind of doing his thing. But I want to share a little bit of this interview, uh, Pete Jenkins on LSU and, of course, his legendary career. When it comes to coaching the defensive line position, there is nobody more respected in the industry than our next uh, guest, the legendary Pete Jenkins, joins us here in the Sports Company. Coach, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Thanks for the kind words. No, thank you so much for joining us. I got so many questions, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. Before um, you went back to LSU, your resume kind of spoke for itself. It's obviously (laughs) – you didn't have to go back and prove anything. What was it that made you want to get back in and coach with, uh, with Coach O? Well, I don't know if you realize it, but I had worked. When he got the interim job at Southern California, mm-hmm. I had worked with him out there. And, of course, you know, I, being a Louisiana boy, I've been knowing him since he got out of high school, you know, and um, I've had a great relationship with him. I like him on a personal level. I really like him, and uh, and I admire a lot of things about him. So, uh when he got the interim job, and, and I've said this before, there's two two things two things that I've had a hard time turning down, and LSU is one of them, and Ed Ogeron's the other. You know, uh, and I like banana pudding. I don't say <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, he he. You know, I felt like that um, that he could use my help, and uh, and I always you know. I've, I bleed purple and gold. So going back to LSU was a, a really a, a interesting thing, interesting time for me. And having a chance to, uh, you know, work again with him and everything was – it was just hard for me to turn down, I'll be honest with you. Well, Ed Orgeron and LSU are my, my next two questions. This is the th- That was the third time you worked and coached at LSU. What makes that right. place so special to you? You know, it's really funny because doing the radio show, I can, I mean, that's that's how I really became an LSU fan. Uh, Saturday night when I was a kid, of course, it wasn't one of the TV. We didn't have a TV. I hate to date myself like that, but there was no TV in the house. And uh, how I entertained myself on Saturday nights was listening to uh, the broadcast from WWL in New Orleans. And I would hear the Tigers play. And I became a huge LSU fan. <laughs> I'm probably the only LSU fan in Macon, Georgia, to be honest with you. Uh, and I became a huge LSU fan. And then uh, I had an opportunity to work at the University of South Carolina, where I worked for Paul Diesel, who, you know, had been at LSU and had, uh, you know, was, was a great LSU uh, person. And then on that staff with me, uh, coaching the secondary, was Jerry Stovall. 
So I don't know, it just fed into my uh, love affair with LSU, to be honest with you, to working with Jerry and working with Coach Stiegel. So uh, when Bo was unfortunately uh, killed mm-hmm. in 79, December, January of 80, uh, Jerry asked me to come and be with him here at LSU, work with him here at LSU. Coach Dieter was the AD at that time. So it was a, it was a dream come true, to be honest with you. And uh, and I tell people, you know, I'm very, very fortunate to have realized the dream, but I'm really fortunate that I realized the dream three different times. You know how you have jobs that are just, it was my dream mm-hmm. job. You know, uh, I just uh, always had such a love affair with LSU. So uh, I did spend my checks, okay, uh, <laughs> but it was a labor of love, to be honest with you. The great Pete Jenkins, our guest here on the Sports Company, presented by Bud Light. Now let's go to that, that affinity that you have for Coach O. You know the pressure cooker that comes with yep. being the head coach of this yep. job. And, and I said, uh, I think we're all a little bit better at what we're doing in our profession 10 years later than when we got started. And unfortunately, I said, unless he wins an SEC championship or, heck, a national title, that ghost of Ole Miss, whether it's fair or not, is going yeah. ch- to chase him. And I don't th- necessarily yeah. think that's fair. And you know there's detractors out there. Why yeah. do you think he will be successful this time around at LSU? Well, I'll tell you one of the things that I admire about the guy so much is he's a guy, and this, this is hard for people to do. It's hard for me to do. It's hard for people I've known. You know, it's hard to look at yourself and say, I need to change. And I think he's, I admire him so much because there were a lot of things in his life uh, that I certainly wouldn't talk about, but there were a lot of things in his life that needed changing. And, uh, you know, he's a strong person. He looked at himself. He didn't like what he saw, and he made a lot of changes in his life. And uh, I, I just admire that about him because uh, realizing how difficult that would be for me, I realize how difficult that is for him. And he, he's, you know, he, he's a he's a tireless worker, and he does a good job. See, I think this. He, told, he has told me before, and I don't think he'd mind me saying this. He's told me before, you know, I lay in bed sometimes at night, and I think about how I treated those coaches and how I treated those players at Ole Miss, and I can't sleep. Hmm. It, it won't allow me to sleep because I think about it. And it so, you know, I, I just think he's made tremendous changes uh, in himself and I think he grew and learned a heck of a lot uh, while he was at Ole Miss. And and you know, you're 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 not you're a lot better on the job that that you have right now Absolutely. than you were a year ago and whatever. And I I just think Ed's grown into the, a guy that's going to do a really good job for LSU. I, it was unfortunate, you know, last year. I mean, you know, you look back at the thing and. And we're 80 seconds away from beating Notre Dame in the uh, in the in the Citrus Bowl. Well, we get one thrown over our heads with with 80 seconds left on the on the clock, which should never happen. That should never happen. And then and then 
he, he loses a couple of recruits right at the end that that really you know cast a really bad shadow on him. And then his problems with Canada. And I think you know it's just how amazing how all of those could have gone the other way, and he'd be on very firm ground right now. You know, I was so in hopes we could win that bowl game for a lot of reasons, but I, I knew it was a chance to get him 10 wins. And I really wanted to go out with that. I'll be honest with you. Like, kill me with a lot. We lost yeah. that bowl game. Because uh, I really, uh, you know, I, I won't say that I didn't want to do it personally or for myself. I'm not that, I wish I was that good a person. But I really wanted to, for him to, have a 10-win season. I just thought it would get him really going in, in, uh, in toward next year. And, and I know that hey, I, I've been there for five head coaches, my friend. I worked for five different head coaches at LSU during my time there. And I know the problems. I know the pressure involved. I, I really do. So I got my fingers crossed, and I'm, I'm hoping for a really good season and, and uh, for him to get that thing really rolling. Yes, sir. Hey, Coach, uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you, Mr. Uh, Coach Jenkins. Uh, I have a question here. If it, Being that you've done this for, I mean, the better part of five decades, I, I mean, if whether it be football or, or a restaurant or radio or whatever it is, if you could give one piece of advice to a young person that's going to be getting into something that they've got to stick with and stay at, what would that piece of advice be? Gosh, that's a tough question. One one piece of advice. Yes, sir. I, I, you know, I think choose something that you can do and enjoy and make the kind of living that, that will let you have the lifestyle that you want, regardless of what, what that lifestyle is. Being an assistant, I never wanted to be a head coach. Now, they weren't making, when I was eligible to be a head coach, they weren't making the salary they are now. You, yes, you know what I mean? I, yes, I might have taken the job and said, hey, let me have this one job and then, you know, fire my ass. Fire me. <laughs> <laughs> I can make it for the rest of my life. But, but you know, I, I wanted to I, – I enjoyed coaching. I enjoyed teaching. I, I enjoyed having a boy like Lawrence. Like, uh, uh, Rashard. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hey, one, one of the pleasures of my life getting to coach that guy. I'm telling you the wow. truth. I mean, yes, oh, special in my heart, boy. I'm telling you, uh, maybe as tough a human being as I've ever been around in 52 years of this stuff. But anyways, uh, you know, you, you, if you can find something that you can do and make a living for your family and and enjoy, and that allows you to have a total commitment. Okay, and and I think to be successful in anything. It takes commitment. You know, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a get up and go to work thing for me for 52 years. It was a get up and go have a chance to coach and get guys better and get better myself and enjoy. It was never work. It, you know, uh, working 16, 18 hours a day, you know, a lot of people would say to me, how do you do it, man? Well, it wasn't that hard because it was uh, – you know, it was something that I that I absolutely loved doing, and I had a I had a commitment to it that kept it from being work. It was just pleasure for me. So I, you know, if you can find something that you can really give that kind of love and commitment to, 
and and everything, and you enjoy doing it that much. You're blessed in this world, I'll be honest with you. Coach, I, obviously this is the first time that we've ever talked, yet I have followed your career for quite some time, and, and I don't feel like um, I'm out of place by saying that I think the thing that you enjoyed most about coaching maybe really wasn't the game day, but really the teaching and not just the teaching yeah. of the X's and O's, but the life lessons. Yeah. You talked about Richard, the relationships you build. Is that the thing that you've appreciated most about it? Yeah, and I've answered this question before, so if it sounds like I got an answer to it, uh, it's because I have answered it before. You know, uh, I think I think the young men uh, that I was able to to be around and fortunate enough to have in my life. Uh, have been the biggest thing. Uh, then the second thing is to teach them things, techniques, assignment things that allow them to be successful and thus make us a better defense and thus make us a better football team. Seeing that stuff Seeing that hard work that we put in that, we, me and me and them, we put into that and it and it pay off for them and everything is one of the greatest thrills I've had in my life. And then, um, then the other thing is the thrill of the competition. Um, wake up on Saturday morning and, I mean, you know, it's just, it was, I'm going to miss it again come September, you know, wake up on Saturday morning and the anticipation and the knowing that you got a chance to do something really good that day. And uh, it, those three things, though, the, 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 the relationship with the players, the teaching and, and, the, and the ability that you have to help those guys in their pursuit of excellence, and then the the thrill of that competition on Saturday. I, that's uh, and like I say, you you can tell I've answered that. Question. Absolutely, flawlessly. But giving it thought, that's the three things that have just meant, uh, other than my family, have meant more to me than absolutely anything else. Coach, I know one of the ways that a lot of uh, high school football players can get better, and uh, I, when my brother went through the recruiting process. My parents really didn't know uh, what to do, and I said, you got to make sure and get them to as many camps as possible that you could afford. Get yourself out in front of some of these coaches. And I know for quite some time you've been a part, uh, and you're going to be a part of it June 16th through the 19th down in Thibodeau. Uh, a lot of our listeners, that they've got uh, athletes, can send them down there. Uh, this is one of the best, if you're a lineman, best camps in the country, that offensive defensive line uh, camp yeah. you're going to be a part of. Well, let me let me say this to you. It, it kind of goes along with what you and I just had, were talking about in that conversation. You know, there there are camps. Uh, there's a, you know the camps are so big today. You know, I mean, golly, uh, I think uh, a lot of universities are having five and six camps, different different kind of themes, but having that many camps. And and so the thing that those what they feature is evaluation. You know, you go to a one-day camp, and, and it's all about evaluation. 
they're going to time you, they're going to strength test you. That It's kind of like a combat. You know, it's kind of really is what it is. And and that sometimes helps guys get scholarships or, it, you know, if uh, they know about you, though, now. I mean, you know, with huddle and all the things, it, it's hard to hide a real good prospect anymore. But the camp, the thing that we'd like to do down there is we, we just want to help guys uh, – it, it ain't all about recruiting. It's not. It doesn't have anything mm-hmm. to do with recruiting or measurements. Anything. It's solely this. We want to help those guys become better, and and help them with skills. That let me say this to you too. That that we don't teach scheme or anything like that because if I get a kid from West Monroe and they tell him how to do certain things, I'm not going to tell him. What I'm trying to help him with is the physical skills in the game hands, footwork, explosion drills. So whatever the scheme he may go back home to, whether it's West Monroe or Wachita or whatever, it's not. It's only going to be helpful to him and helpful to his high school program and his high school coach. So there's a lot of commitment in, in my doing that, just like the earlier conversation that we had, that to help kids do. I've got, I've got letters that I've kept over the years, kids telling me, I would have never been able to start or at my high school if I hadn't come and work with you and things like that. So it's pretty important to me, to be honest with you. And and, uh, and I, I, I have a lot of pride in it, and, and I think I hope we're helpful to kids. That's, that's our goal. Coach, this was a real treat for us. I've been yeah. wanting to do this for quite some time. Sincerely appreciate it. Congratulations on a wonderful career. I know you're not done. You're still out there teaching, and we would absolutely love to do it again. Well, we can do it, and I, I enjoyed it very much. You had some great questions, and I, I hope I was able to answer yeah. them for you. Fantastic. Thank yes, you sir. so much, Coach. Thanks. Honored. I appreciate it. You got Bye-bye. it. Really good stuff there with uh, Pete Jenkins, and you're talking about one of the, the legends in the business, one of those guys that's been behind the scenes. But any coach that you talk to uh, and you start talking about defensive line coaches – uh, his name pops to the top of the list. I mean, 22 years in the SEC, another three in the National Football League. Talking about a guy's career that started back in 1964. Of course, he's done a lot of things outside. He had his own clinics and, of course, uh, where people would literally bring in their, their prospects and their kids to come and learn from him. Then Orgeron, of course, persuades him to join LSU, be a part of that. He has now stepped aside, but uh, some stuff in there that was really good, just about you know his relationship with Orgeron and also, of course, how close they were last year and him talking about the fact that you know, Orgeron's had some issues in terms of Matt Canada mm-hmm. and, of course, uh, the debacle at the end of the Notre Dame game, right. losing out on some prized recruits. And, uh, but you know, what I found the most revealing was the fact Orgeron, you know, what he's learned from his days at Ole Miss and even in his short time as LSU's head coach. Mm-hmm. I thought it was – I said this yesterday after we finished that interview. I said what I took from that – a lot. number one, he's a very humble – he's not a cliquish guy. Like, you know, we talk about coaches and people in groups, you know, how they're, how they're very cliquish and, and they treat people as, as outsiders. He just didn't seem that. He was like the grandfather yeah. that you just yeah. – the dad that you just want to talk to, and he wasn't tooting his own horn, but there was no. there was authority from what he said. Right. Well, I mean, you know, I've and we've. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with somebody, you know, talking that. 
he was just perfect. Yeah. I mean, all around. But I did find it interesting when he made coming, and we knew it. But hearing it from a staff member, yeah. hearing a staff member say, you know, if name. if this, 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 this wouldn't happen, he wouldn't be on the hot yeah. seat. Basically, that's what he said. Yeah. And he said the relationship, of course, with Matt Canada. I know, and I wish so bad we would have said. You pressed well, him there? Well, tell us about that relationship. <laughs> How bad was that? But, I mean, but that's what happens. Imagine, I mean, it, it, I guess the equivalent, right? Imagine uh, talking with some a, a woman for about three or four hours and then going, you know what? Let's get married. Let's Let's get together and get married. And the next thing you know, six weeks later, you're like, what was I thinking? Yeah. Evidently, that's, I mean, well, they, they had it, one they meeting, and that was it. Yeah, they got it annulled. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they got it annulled quick. And, and now they, they can't even talk about each other it, either. <laughs> it cost $1.5 I believe it was. Uh, <laughs> the other thing, of course, uh, one of our favorites, Richard Lawrence, and the impression that Richard has had on uh, Pete Jenkins, when he calls him one of the toughest individuals that he's had in 52 years of coaching, oh. uh, that says a lot right there. Yeah, I, you know, when I look back yesterday after after that interview, I look back at some of the players that uh, – the NFL players out there that played under uh, Mr. slash Coach Jenkins is uh, – it's, I mean, it's phenomenal, you know, the, the hand that he's had on the NFL – indirectly, you know, without being the NFL, you know. Uh, tie in here, easily uh, tie in with uh, LSU, of course. The search for the next quarterback continues. Uh, SI has a nice article today from uh, Ross Dellinger on, of course, uh, their search and how they landed Joe Burrow. A couple things out of it. As you would expect, they wind and dined him, uh, take him to a steakhouse and then a seafood place on Friday, Saturday. Orgeron saying, no, this wasn't about the recruiting process with Joe Burrow. It was strictly business. He wanted to know what they could do for him and then obviously what he could do for LSU. They did a bunch of cut-ups taking Joe Burrow and his performance at Ohio State, taking that and showing it in comparison to LSU and how they could jive together. Yeah. Also, of course, uh, showing a lot of different cut-ups of Ensminger when he was the interim offensive coordinator and, of course, what his offense can bring to Joe Burrow. You know what? It was funny. Was all that you said, and and, and we were on break a little while ago, or whatever it was, and you had made mention that they had taken him, and it's like it a bothered total, you because they went to a chain restaurant. Yes, I, I totally got lost in the detail. I'm like, why did y'all take him to a chain? I mean, uh, why take him to the the, we, the name? We won't yeah. say that, but anyway, why do that? Why not take the guy to a local place? And I mean, dang guys. <laughs> But but anyway, that's okay. I I, I we were when, the one thing that will agitate me the most. Agitated me, you know. Uh, but I I got, you know, I thought uh, we, we were doing the show. Uh, Fox and I were doing the show a couple of Tuesdays ago when they said Burroughs is. It looks like he's he's coming to LSU, yeah. and and immediately after, I don't want to say I got blasted, but I, I saw listeners' concerns. They're like, hey, you know, you got a lot of faith in somebody that. Didn't really get to play at Ohio State. All you got is high school tape. That's spring just because LSU and, fans have been burned so many times uh, in the past. That You took the words out of my mouth. And I got to thinking about it later, and I was like, well, I can't blame them for being that way. You know? In his uh, first comments on Joe Burrow, Ed Orgeron says, game changer, difference maker. He's smart, tough, great accuracy. Yeah, but what you said is exactly where I was going. Was After I thought about it, I thought, I don't blame LSU. Die hard, long time LSU fans. I'm new on the LSU fan uh, scene, 
So I cannot and will never speak to what you guys have been through at the quarterback position from a fan standpoint. As you know, being analytical of it, yes, y'all have y- y'all got burned over the years, mm. bad. We're up against the break. You can hit us up on the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line, 888-993-7762. Coming up next, I want to find out what kind of impact can Herm Edwards make on college football. And we'll dissect uh, rookie NFL quarterbacks. That's coming up next with our buddy, Cam Cox. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. Aaron and Kevo hanging out on this Wednesday morning. There was a fellow that used to fill in occasionally, uh, Kevo, for me. His name where his name still is, Cam Cox. He's now in uh, Phoenix. He joins us on the uh, Stuart Shelby Hotline. What up, bud? How you doing? <laughs> What's up, Aaron? How's it going? Yeah, I don't think I'm That's a terrible lead-in. Every, my bad. Everything's still the same. Everything's okay. still, the, still the same out here. All right, I got a, a bone to pick with you. So when did you leave oh, uh, Canoey? What, what year was that? Uh, 2012, was yeah. it? Six Something like ago. that? All right, has so it, has, uh, I think so. About, I think it has been six years. I think literally it was about six months ago. Uh, renovations uh, started, were continued at KNOE, and they were kicking me out of my sports office, so we had to clean everything out. So I found don't, one of your. Don't I think, you dare I, say I, I left I anything I, there. I know I, I didn't leave anything there. I think it was one of your workout shirts, one of those ugly tank tops that you used to wear. I think it was crammed in beside in, in one of the cushions there in the sofa. Uh, well, very, very irritated. Consider it a gift for you. You know, now you can take it when you're running those stadiums up there at Neville High School, you know, flipping those tires. You can uh, you can wear it out there, get you a nice tan, and uh, all of the above. <laughs> He's got you strongman competition over here. I mean, that was six wow. years ago. That was six years wow. ago, Cam. I'm barely getting around now, man. man that, that, that was when you and I used to get done with You just started the radio. We, you'd get yeah. done with the radio. You'd meet me at the stadium. We'd run. We'd get a nice workout, and then we'd go to work. And you've been doing it all since then, man. You've been, you're just a grinder, buddy. All right. I want to pick your brain on a number of things. I mean, you've got a lot of hot Go. topics over there. Uh, let's start. I mean, this Josh Rosen kid. So what do you make of him? And then, of course, his comments about the nine uh, mistakes that were made ahead of him. Uh, what have been the impressions of this uh, hot shot quarterback so far? Well, first of all, I think he gets a bad rap. I really do. I just think he's a little different. He's wired a little differently. He's very outspoken. And the first sign that people see that when a quarterback just speaks his mind and takes a stance on one side, whether it's good, bad, right, or wrong, whatever, uh, people react to it and people talk about it, kind of like uh, LeVar Ball. Now, he's nowhere near the loudmouth that LeVar Ball is and, and the character that LeVar Ball is. But, when, you know, he says something, people just talk about it, they analyze it, they go over it, over and over again. Uh, so I think Josh, that that part of him gets a little bit – uh, of a bad rap. He does have a little bit of cockiness to him. He does have a little bit of swagger to him. Uh, hence, when he was drafted, he said, you know, there was whatever it was, nine other mistakes in front of him. And, uh, you know, he was very uh, bold about that. He did come out the next day and kind of backtrack that, that a little bit, you know, saying that I probably shouldn't have said all that. Uh, but he does have a little swagger to him. I, I like him as a person, and I think he'll fit really well in as a quarterback for the Cardinals. I mean, Head coach Steve Wilkes has just raved about this kid for two to three weeks now. Uh, His football IQ is through the roof. Personally, right now, I think there's a 50-50 chance he could beat out Sam Bradford, who they're they're giving $20 million to uh, as a starter of this team, Uh, you know, come when they roll it out week one. 50-50 now. Still think it's 
still ways away, but I think he has a good shot. Oh. He plays well uh, because Sam Bradford is not going through OTAs. He probably won't go through mini camp. They're just kind of <laughs> saving his knee. You know, they don't want to hurt his knee at all, even though it's supposed to be healthy until training camp rolls around. Yeah, wasn't it like the first day of OTAs and uh, Sam Bradford was already uh, being held out and Rosen was getting uh, snaps with the first team? First day. First day. And so then we, you know, when they signed Sam Bradford, they, you know, they were, he's a starter. And they've, they've said that for two and a half weeks now. Sam is the starter. Uh, but the best 11 are going to play. So, I mean, Steve Wilkes, a new head coach, first year guy, he's leaving the door open. Uh, but it's no secret that they don't want to rush Sam. Now, I guess Sam has earned that right in his career where, you know, he's played in the league long enough. And it's the same thing with Carson Palmer under Bruce Arians where it wasn't he really important. He played long enough. He ready. sat long enough. You've got to read well, that. Yes, he's just been in the league long enough. I know, I know where you're going with that. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald says all the time to the quarterbacks, hey, don't throw me the ball. Throw it to the other guys. I've caught enough passes. So, uh, I, I, you know, just in, the, in these workouts. So, I get it. I would like to see him personally out there if the knee is fine. That would be like my thing. I would, you know, you got to learn a new offense, you know. Might as well do it now. So that's a little weird, um, but I guess we'll see how it all plays out come training camp. Well, well Cam, as, as clumsy as you are, I think Arizona should probably keep you away from Sam Bradford because if you uh, bumped into him, I think he'd probably be out for six to eight weeks. <laughs> what you trying to say here? You trying to say I need to go wow. around the stadium? No, I'm saying say? Sam Bradford is like a China doll. I mean, he, he's no, a piece of porcelain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, Kim, yeah. I have a question. I got a question for you, brother. Yeah, we won't touch the quarterback. No touch the quarterback. All right, that's right. Hey, convince me of something here. I was a little confused yesterday. Uh, Stephen Crowder has a show he does where he says, "Change my mind." It's about political yeah. things. So, change my mind on this one. Why wouldn't you sign Des Bryant over Brandon Marshall? Yes. Or am I crazy? One, 100% yes. In fact, uh, me personally, as soon as Des Brown was cut by the Cowboys, uh, considering the Cardinals receiving core is Larry Fitzgerald and a bunch of unproven guys, uh, yes, I thought there was a, you know, there was no, there was a 100% chance uh, they would take a shot at Des Bryant. Just bring him in. I mean, I'm heck, with you. The best thing he could do is learn from Larry. You know, he doesn't have to be the man. Larry will shut him up. He just has to sit here, catch football, and play football. He just, it's that hey, good easy. point. Uh, Learn from the man. That's a very good point. Something. There must be something. I don't know what it is. Uh, yes, I, when Bruce Arians did retire, the day they cut Des Bryant, I interviewed him in his red carpet thing here in the Valley. Of course, B.A., former Cardinals head coach, quarterback whisperer, you know, coach Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Ben Roethlisberger, I asked him, would you sign Des Bryant, you know, if you were still the Cardinals head coach? He goes, I don't know, because when they cut a player like that, something's not right. And that kind of shocked me, one, because, you know, the Cardinals need help in receiver. So something must not be right with Des Bryant, and there must be something more that we're not seeing is the reason he's still without a team. As you were breaking down these rookie quarterbacks, uh, Josh Rosen, where did you have him ranked? I had him ranked as the second best quarterback. Wow. Second best quarterback. I had, him, I had him right above Sam Darnold. I'd like Baker Mayfield. I really like oh, Baker okay. Mayfield. I thought Baker Mayfield should have gone number one like he did. Um, just something about him screams winner. I think he's, I think he's the opposite of Johnny Manziel. People like to compare him to Johnny in a way. I think he's smarter. I think he's a better arm than Johnny. I think he's a better leader than Johnny. Johnny, 
you know, to me, Johnny Manziel was always just a knucklehead kid who went to Texas A&M. Um, I never thought Johnny was going to be a great pro. Um, just the way he carried himself, just the way he went about everything he went through at Texas A&M. So uh, I think Baker Mayfield is going to be a great pro. Then I had Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, and then if I believe Josh Allen. The Cardinals really did like Josh Allen. But then when Denver went another way uh, at five, um, you know, they didn't trade that pick away. And then, you know, Buffalo traded up. You just kind of figured that Josh Rosen was going to be there. You had to take it. You had to take it. Phoenix sports anchor uh, Cam Cox joins us on the Stuart Shelby hotline. All right, Cam, you got now an opportunity to kind of meet and know Herm Edwards a little bit better. What do we make of him going into the college ranks, and what can he do at Arizona State? That's, man, Aaron, if I had the answer to that, we'd go to Vegas tomorrow and win some money because I have no idea uh, what football-wise what we're going to get out of Herm Edwards on you know, whatever, since September the 1st, I believe, whenever they roll out the carpet against UT San Antonio at Sunbelt Stadium. Um, all I can say is I like Herm. I didn't like the hire at the time because it didn't make a lot of sense for a number of reasons. They didn't interview anybody else. It just seemed like they always had it, you know, fixated on bringing in Herm Edwards. It was the AD's guy, and, you know, he hadn't, you know, his mediocre NFL coach, um, you know, who just seemed to be a TV celebrity who could connect with people. Uh, but so far since he arrived here, I, I, just like Rosen, I think he's got a bad rep too as well. People take, you know, everything he says and, oh, my God, Herm doesn't know the game. Or, you know, oh, my goodness, Herm doesn't know this. And, oh, he's confusing mm-hmm. the NFL with this. And He knows the game of football. He knows all the rules. He, his wife is a former compliance officer that they met in Kansas City. So if anybody knows the NCAA rule book like the back of their hand, it's Herm Edwards. And if he ever has a question, all he's got to do is go home and ask his wife about it. Uh, so far, we've seen him run a great program, uh, connect the alumni to the program, just kind of keep this wheel going that they have. Uh, football-wise, they're going to do a mixture of things. The guys seem to be a little bit more relaxed. So I, I don't know what we can expect. I guess six, seven wins the first year. Uh, it would surprise me if they did anything better than that. Uh, but being around Herm, heck, it makes me want to go run through a wall, regardless what he's doing. Uh, he's media gold, and when you sit down for a press conference, so Herm is great. I just can't wait to see this team play a game. I think that Cam, will tell us a lot what kind of coach he is. Does it feel real, or does it feel like a shtick when he's up there on the podium? It feels real. It really does. He looks you in the eye. And this is, this is you know, you look for those signs, Aaron. Shakes your hand when you walk in. Says your name when you walk in. When he answers the questions, he'll look right at you. He'll, you know, he'll, he'll give you that respect uh, back to you. Um, you know, at, at first, you know, you just see the Herm Edwards on TV. and Kind of like, you know, you think it's a stick. You think it's an act. But then you get to know him. And we've interviewed him a couple of times. A few sit-downs, a few, you know, uh, the other morning – uh, the other sports anchor who I work with, Bruce Cooper, he worked out with him for an hour. And it's all authentic. That is who Herm Edwards is 24-7. He's a straightforward, he's a funny guy, charismatic. He cares about people. He cares about you. If you're spending time with him, that is where he is in that moment. He's going to give you his full attention. That's how he was raised. That's how his dad taught him. So none of what he is is fake by any means. And so that's what gives me hope for this team is they got them a real coach a real person, a real good guy to coach his team. He knows football. That's very obvious. Now let's see 
if that can translate to the uh, college ranks. All right, two final questions. You mentioned B.A. Bruce Arians now going into the broadcasting business. He's been known to have kind of a salty tongue. How does this work out for him? I think it works out great for him. Uh, that salty tone is going to be interesting, but I think that's why they hired him, because he's real, he's straightforward, he's to the point, always can find a, a funny way to say something where everybody can connect to it. Um, you know, he's, he's going to work with a great crew, uh, and Greg Gumble and uh, Trent Green, I believe, the two guys. So he's going to get to learn from two guys that has been doing it for a while. I, they are going to have to have that beat button ready just in case something slips out, and it's going to. That's just how B.A. is. Uh, but this might be, bring a fresh breath to announcing, just kind of a, a realist former coach who's going to tell you what he sees, what's going on. I don't think it's going to be like Tony Romo where he was just kind of saying plays before it happens. And, you know, I thought at times it was being a little overdramatic at times when he was calling plays, even though I do like Tony on the mic. Uh, I, I just think B.A. will be real. It will be for the real football fans. They're just going to need that beat button kind of handy. Probably going to have to hit uh, it a few times in broadcast. All those beautiful courses there in Scottsdale and Phoenix, has your golf game improved? It is not. It is still terrible. But if you ever come out, I got 18 holes around me, buddy. So oh, whenever you come out, come up. We'll go play as much golf as you want. Go hike a mountain. I know a stadium we can go run. All on me. So come on. All right, Cam. Don't neglect the calves. Get after it later today, but Appreciate it. <laughs> hey, I told you, leg day. Get the calves yeah. later. <laughs> Good to talk hey, to you, buddy. my friend. Take care. Take care. Cam Cox. Good dude. It's just a shtick. Just a what? Just a shtick like Herm Edwards. <laughs> The best yeah. way you can butter up to the media members is if you remember their name. So then you go, hey, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, Kevo, what's going on? Hey, man. Hey, yeah, Kevo, first question for you. Yeah. And then you ask Look a hard question. Yeah. Yeah. Won't call on Kevo again. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I, I don't understand the whole Brandon Marshall thing. I, I'm not saying the guy's not. He's 34 years old. And I, I'm not. I, I think it says Bryant. more about Des Bryant. Right. Yeah. I mean, the teams out there that. Should take a chance on dads. Yeah. Uh, well, you that's mentioned not earlier, good, you man. asked the question about do you want, uh, you know, Kaepernick or do you want, uh, who else did you bring in there? Ball in your locker room. Jazz Bryant was want... on that list. His name was scratched out. <laughs> okay, he was the third option. Oh, yes. I was, yes, yeah, he was. 888-993-7762. Coming up next, we end the show with a bang with parting shots. Well, we got a lot of... Uh, figure it out there in the commercial break. We, right? we made a lot of decisions real quick. <laughs> That's uh, scary, too. Yeah, we're top ten uh, Thursday tomorrow. We're going to rank uh, if they did a version of Hard Knocks, and I know they do in what? Uh, Amazon. Is Amazon Prime has a show called All or Nothing. If, if you could get access to ten college football programs, what ten? which ten would you pick? Yes. And in what order? Uh, okay. I, think we think, I think I know who number one would be. Well, and, and I mean, you know, maybe Doesn't everybody want to know what Alabama's doing behind closed doors. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I think some LSU fans are like, "No, I don't want to see nothing about them. Don't care. I hate their guts. <laughs> I don't want to see what the Steelers are doing behind closed doors. I don't want to see what the Falcons or Panthers are doing. Hell with all of them. I don't want to see any of it." But you want to see the Browns? Well, I, right now they they haven't been a factor lately. Yes. So yeah. yeah. 
Hey, uh, as we get yes. to our parting shots, uh, the Washita softball team making their way down to the state capital yeah. today. They will be recognized, of course, the 5A state champs, and some have them ranked as the top team in the country. Pretty cool. Congratulations to the Lady Lions. Yeah, I, I, I uh, that team is as good as good can get. Uh, well coached, well, I mean, it's just they're awesome. What you got as a party? Well, that will lead in. Okay, it brother. is now time for party shots. <laughs> Well, I'm going to tell you what, Channel 8, they've been packed it in, too. They didn't get any of this on camera. We got it. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Oh, no. Oh, no. my God. Oh, my gosh, no. I have lost my voice in excitement. I'm sick. I want to throw up. All right, what you got, Kevin? All right, a couple uh, quick things. Number one, there is a man in uh, New York. A 30-year-old man. His name is Michael Rotondo. Mm-hmm. What did Michael do? Michael was given, and he did, he was, a court order was issued, but he didn't even know about it. He found out about that court order from a reporter who said, so how does it feel to finally, at 30 years old, be forced to move out of your parents' house? He's being forced. Evicted? Evicted by court order, by judge. Mm-hmm. To leave his parents' home, where he has been living for years, free <laughs> for of charge, years, 30, 30 years. years old. I mean, uh, so he's gonna he's gonna leave by June first. He's got to uh, he's got to vacate leave the basement. Get out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he said he was gonna try to find a legal way to stay put. Uh, <laughs> how about squatter. get a, how about get a job and do something with your life? Uh, what does it no say sympathy. about family communication, though, if you have to go through the court? He said he's going to find a way to try to resolve this and be able to stay civilly. Mm. There's always two sides of the story. There, there always is. But I don't know what his side would be that would actually benefit him. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be, you know, I mean, the guy needs to start packing, get a job, and do something with his life. That, that's what he needs to do. What else you got? Uh, anyway, the other thing, very lighthearted, if and when uh, you listen to the show today, you're on the book face, whatever it is you're going to do. Today, 36 years old, Mr. Sean Fox. Mm, nice. Happy birthday, brother. I would sing to you, but uh, those few that do listen would turn it off. So uh, happy birthday. If you get a chance, give him a shout out, whatever it is, tell him happy birthday. 36 years young today. 2018 football power index projections are out by ESPN. Obviously, they got the Patriots at number one. The win total at 10.5. That would be the highest. The Pittsburgh Steelers, your favorite franchise, coming in at 10 wins. The probability of the Patriots winning the Super Bowl, 18%. Probability of them reaching the Super Bowl at 32%. Uh, you go down the list a little bit. You got the Patriots, the Steelers, your Super Bowl winners with Doug Peterson coming in at uh, wins 9.9. Packers next at uh, 9.5. Uh, Eagles probability was 11%. So everybody's probably wondering, well, where do they have the Saints? What are the odds according to the 2018 Football Power Index of the Saints making it or winning the Super Bowl? 11% chance. Winning the Super Bowl at 6%. Seems you know, a little low to me. Which is a little thrown off. I mean, because they had them ranked. You know, we read this. I think it was Shane 
sent us this, uh, had them ranked dead last in defense. But you have them sixth overall in opportunity to win the Super Bowl. And we all think good defenses win Super Bowl. I think them being ranked last in defense is the stupidest thing I've read today. Less than 1% for these franchises. Your Cincinnati Bengals. The Bills, the Bears, the Colts, the Redskins, the Bucks, the Giants, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Cardinals, and the Browns. That is a lot of franchises not giving uh, much respect to you. Well, there. I can go on to tell you now. Less I, than 1%. I, I'll knock one of those out of there. We all know the Bungles. We're not winning the Super Bowl. Uh, With Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton, who are very good human beings, as good as you can get as far as human beings, we're not winning uh, Super Bowls with them. It's just not happening. Uh, Oakland Raiders, only 1% chance of winning uh, the Super Bowl. That was, you told me that, and, and I said to you, I remember saying, I, I'm not sure what Oakland's doing this year. Like, when I look at the moves they've made, it's very puzzling. There's some big pickups. It's, it's very puzzling. Now, when we watch them draft, and of course, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, but I'm just saying. Watching that draft, uh, I was, I was a little... It was peculiar, to say the least. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we're going to do a top 10 Thursday. We're going to do the, the top 10 teams we would like to see up close and personal, like a hard knocks version. Also, Ben Carlisle will join us at 715. Already have it scheduled for Friday. Tommy McClellan, Louisiana Tech's athletic director, will join us at 8 o'clock. I'm sure tomorrow we'll talk uh, more NBA finals and also uh, awesome. NCAA college baseball regional action. Cannot wait, brother. And again, to Jake, family. Uh, God bless you. We're praying for you. Keep up the good work. It's a beautiful little girl. Uh, Everybody have a fantastic day. We'll yell at you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. The Edge is coming up next. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.